Good morning, everyone. Can you hear me? Okay. If you would like to stand and join us as we start worship. Good morning, everyone. My name is Andrew Pauls, and I am in my senior year here at Goshen College, studying peace, justice, and conflict studies. On behalf of this year's team of worship assistants, I would like to welcome you to the first chapel of the 2016-2017 school year. As you can see from the banner behind me, this year's theme is learning through stories. We base this theme on the core value of passionate learners. Students Emma Koop-Lichty and Janae Longenecker designed this banner using newspaper to represent the many layers that exist 
in our stories. Sharing and hearing stories are both profound ways of connecting with one another as human beings and ways of catching a glimpse of the divine as well. In the coming chapels, we hope to explore the unique importance of everyone's story and the way these stories interact with the stories of others. In this chapel, I have the honor of welcoming you, but I also have the duty of asking for something in return. I recognize that chapel may not be especially meaningful to some people, and it may seem like just another thing to check off your list. Even so, we ask that everyone is respectful of the people around them and the people up front here. Devices are a large part of our lives. The texts, emails, notifications, and similar things constantly vie for our attentions. Please refrain from using them for just this 40-minute block. Think of chapel and convo as brief spaces to breathe and take a break from the blue glow that tends to permeate our lives. Shortly, I will be lighting the Christ lamp in front of me here. We light this lamp at the beginning of every chapel as a way to intentionally acknowledge God's presence here with us, as well as to differentiate chapel and convocation. As I light the lamp, please feel free to breathe deeply and center yourself before we continue with the service. Join me in a brief prayer, please. God, we invite your presence here in this space. We're all coming from different spots in our lives, but we recognize that you meet us here where we are. May this chapel be a time of centering, a brief pause in our constantly accelerating lives. In your name, amen. Hello, my name is Eliana Neufeld-Basinger. I am a senior social work major, and I'm also a worship assistant this year. I'm going to be introducing a practice we've done for a while here in chapel at Goshen College um, called Passing the Peace. And the story behind it is one of a worship assistant um, who's a student here um, from Columbia brought it with her from her home church. Uh, there was violent conflict going on in her home country at this point, and there were people in her church who were from various groups among which there, were conf there was conflict. Um, and so in order to create community between people who might not normally otherwise have talked to each other, um, the members of this church would get up in the middle of the service and shake hands with each other and say, peace be with you or peace of Christ be with you. And then the response is, and also with you. Um, so if you would please get up and do that and specifically try to shake hands with people, try to say hi to people who you don't know before or, or don't know already or don't usually talk to. Well, thank you for that. That was a good exercise. Um, now, uh, please stand with me and take your blue hymnal worship books and turn to page 322 for Strangers No More. Um, which is a hymn that I've sent a number of times throughout this past week that I think is still meaningful in this beginning of an academic year. So.
remain standing. Um, our next hymn will be God of the Bible, which is um, Sing the Journey number 27, so it's in the green book. And we'll be singing verses 1, 2, 3, and 5. Good morning, I'm Monica Miller, I'm a junior music ed major. And my name is Ann Buckwalter and I'm a sophomore music education major. Our speaker this morning is Bob Yoder, he's a campus pastor and he's starting his 11th year at Goshen. And the scripture for this morning is 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 1 through 13a. Paul, called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and our brother Sosthenes, to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, 
together with all those who in every place call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. Grace to you and peace from God our Maker and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that has been given you in Christ Jesus. For in every way you have been enriched in Jesus, in speech and knowledge of every kind, just as the testimony of Christ has been strengthened among you, so that you are not lacking in any spiritual gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. God will also strengthen you to the end, so that you may be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful. By him you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Now I appeal to you, sisters and brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you be in agreement that there be no divisions among you, but that you be united in the same mind and the same purpose. For it has been reported to me by Chloe's people that there are quarrels among you. My sisters and brothers, what I mean is that each of you says, I belong to Paul, or I belong to Apollos, or I belong to Cephas, or I belong to Christ. Has Christ been divided? I like a good story. One of my favorite stories is the one about a hobbit named Bilbo, who sets off an adventure with 13 dwarves. Their goal was to reclaim the lonely mountain from the dragon who had previously chased away the dwarf kingdom. It's a story of adventure and teamwork. They all had the same goal in mind, but each member had their own unique contribution to their clan, to their group. Another story that I like is of a different hobbit named Frodo, who also sets off on an adventure with a group of humans, elves, dwarves, and hobbits. This fellowship of nine companions also had a common goal, and each member had their unique gifts to add to the quest. These stories, The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings, were made even more famous in the past 15 years by a series of six movies. The books were authored by J.R.R. Tolkien in the 1930s and 40s. And as much as I like these stories that Tolkien wrote, I also really like the story behind this story of the life and passion of J.R.R. Tolkien and how he came to write these books. You see, Tolkien did not set out to write a popular book series. He was an academic, a professor at Oxford University. He was known for translating Beowulf and writing a commentary on that. He helped to write the Oxford English Dictionary. Tolkien was a person who also loved languages. He loved them so much so that he invented his own, dabbling with different languages. And at some point, he decided, well, these languages need a home somewhere. And that home was Middle-earth. In Middle-earth, Tolkien dreamed up characters to speak these languages and stories that reflected his views and his own questions about life and how life was unfolding in his European homeland. 
These stories were some of the ways that he grappled with the impacts that World War I had on him as a young soldier. He witnessed massive destruction of land, of earth, of society. And several of his close friends were killed in action. Tolkien was a devout Catholic who participated in Mass most every day of his life. Faith mattered to him. He lived his life as a creative expression of the divine, of the God that he worshipped. His Middle-earth stories explore important theological considerations. Yet his writings do not explicitly tell the story of the Christian faith in the way that some other allegorical works do. Tolkien's persistence, his passion, and his patience speak to me many years later. His life as a living expression of how God created him to be inspires me. Tolkien was an artist who believed that God created people to live out their unique gifts and contributions to society. Looking back on my own life, I continue to realize the impact a set of experiences that I had in the Middle East region 20 years ago have impacted me. As a college senior, I spent a semester living in Egypt, Jordan, Israel, and Palestine. Our group studied the different religious traditions, the histories, and the contemporary issues of that region in those times. Two years later, I spent a week biking through parts of Israel and well, the West Bank. And a year after that, I was a member of a two-week delegation team of Christian Peacemaker team that went to West Bank and Israel. Over the course of those three years, my theological and political views changed. My faith was transformed. Looking back on those three experiences, I continue to realize the importance of listening to stories. I heard firsthand accounts of so many different people, so many different walks of life. I listened intently, but I will confess that I did not always know what to do with those stories. At times, they challenged me in ways that really left me confused, particularly when those stories did not fit with the theological framework that I had or the faith that I was taught growing up. These stories messed with my preconceived notions of people that I had. Eventually, I had to decide if those stories, if I was either going to discount those stories or let them impact me and shape me. As Andrew said, the campus ministry's theme this year is learning through stories. Growing up, the 13 epistles of the Apostle Paul seemed like a bunch of do's and don'ts to me. I much preferred the gospel stories about Jesus. They were much easier to follow. 
But during my three months in the Middle East, our group also spent 10 days in Greece, traveling the footsteps of Paul. The sights and sounds of the diverse geographic locations we visited helped me delve deeper into the biblical story and better appreciate the terrain and the distances that Paul traveled. I became impressed by Paul's perseverance and passion in carrying out his ministry. I also began to better understand the story behind these letters. When I now read Philemon, I consider the backstory of the relationships among Paul, Philemon, and Onesimus. Paul listened to the cries of Onesimus and advocated on his behalf to Philemon, encouraging him to welcome him back. In Galatians, I crack up at the thought that Paul encourages some people that they should go castrate themselves. Learning the underlying story has helped me understand the bitter anger that burned hot in this story. Philippians comes across like a love letter where Paul calls them my beloved five times throughout his letter. This letter is filled with endearing terms of family and intimacy. One such set of epistles written by Paul that seem to ooze of the do's and don'ts is 1 and 2 Corinthians. One of the passages that Anne and Monica read this morning. Paul tells them how to worship, how they should treat each other. He instructed them on rules of marriage, rules of what kinds of food they should eat. The list goes on for 27 chapters in these two epistles. However, over time, I learned to appreciate these stories or these letters as I learned the story behind these epistles. The Paul-Corinth saga was a relationship that included multiple face-to-face interactions, letters that Paul dispersed and wrote to them, and emissaries that he sent off on his behalf, all to help out this troubled congregation. Paul lived in Corinth for one and a half years, helping start this congregation. Later on, he revisited this church and sent letters and representatives on his behalf to help them out. And yes, the letters admonished certain conduct that was going on in this community, but they were rooted in love, and they were his pastoral response to some tough situations that this community of believers was grappling with. The Corinth church community was comprised of a diverse mixture of people, men and women, Jews and Gentiles, slave and free, rich and poor. They reflected the larger cosmopolitan cities, social strata, and realities. Money and commerce flowed in, through, and out of this important port city. And many foreigners from various countries throughout the Middle East or the Middle uh, Mediterranean region resided there as merchants, as sailors. The Isthmian Games, similar to the Olympics, brought athletes and spectators and tourists from all over the region. Religiously, there was a smorgasbord of options, 
encompassing a wide range of gods and cults, emperor worship, and a few Jewish synagogues smattered in there. This young congregation had people from all walks of life in it that mirrored the city's population. As this diversity within the community was present and was wonderful, it also led to tensions within this community. The leaders tried to help, but they were at times at the root of the tensions. In the passage read today, Paul noted four different factions within this community. Those who followed Paul, those who followed Apollos or Cephas or Jesus. And Paul was appalled by these factions. These divisions reflected the unhealthy condition of this Corinthian community. He pleaded with them to act out of love, to build one another up, to be servants of one another. And so, yes, Paul offered his do's and don'ts, not because he wanted to be a power-wielding church bureaucrat, but because this church was in crisis. And Paul wanted to help because he deeply loved and cared for them. Had I not taken the time to better understand the background of the story between Paul and this church in Corinth, I might have thought that Paul simply reveled in doling out do's and don'ts. But instead, learning the broader narrative of these epistles inspired me to more fully appreciate Paul and his ministry that really was rooted in love and reconciliation. In some ways, Goshen College reminds me of the biblical city of Corinth. Not that we are in crisis mode, but that we have people coming and going from all walks of life here onto our campus, from all over the world, from all over the country of the United States. We possess a wide array of beliefs, of convictions, of worldviews, and faith understandings. What an opportunity we have to learn the stories of so many wonderfully diverse people right around you. Regardless of where you came from, each of you has a contribution to make to our college campus. Each of you has a story to tell that can build up our community. Today, our world oozes with pain and injustice, often brought on by a lack of understanding and fear. And we might struggle to take the time or to have the patience to learn the story behind the story or to listen to the story of the other whoever they are to us. We might prefer to lie, rely on what we already know, our own preconceived notions, rather than to learn something new. But let us not be lazy. Learn through stories. Take advantage of all the stories you are surrounded by this year as we start off in an adventure of a new school year. Near the end of Apostle Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, he wrote the following words as a reminder to that community about the many opportunities they had because of the many diversities that existed 
within that community of believers. He writes, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one spirit we, are, we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. Indeed, the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot would say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear would say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many members, yet one body. Good morning. I am Aliyah Bird. I'm a second year elementary education major. Later on in the year, we will hear about how important our individual stories are and also how our own stories work together to create a larger story that might be known as a team or a choir or Goshen College. At this time, we would like to invite you all up to place your thumbprint on the canvas we have on the table up here. And as you're doing this, we ask that you think of, how of the power behind it, declaring that your story is unique and created by God, and also that it is necessary your story is necessary for the world to work as it does. As you come up, we ask you to also join us as we sing our final song. So if you just want to come through these two rows right here. Thank you. Holy fire It's every child 
Should I see? 
Thank you. Uh, my name is Danny Aramuni. I'm a second year biochemistry and religion double major. And um, before our final words of benediction, I want to remind you to exit the chapel through the open doors where the card swipers are located so you can get credit for this chapel. So thank you for spending this first chapel with us as we begin our journey this year of passionately learning through each other's stories. As we leave today, you're an increasingly busy semester, producing, as I'm sure, many stories along the way, Leave with the knowledge that your stories are valid and deserve to be heard. I, just as the whole Tempest Ministries team, I believe, am always happy to listen. As is written in Shane Claiborne's Common Prayer, a liturgy for ordinary radicals, may the peace of the Lord Christ go with you wherever he may send you. May he guide you through the wilderness, protect you through the storm. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. May he bring you home rejoicing once again into our doors. Go in peace. <laughs>